Hello and welcome. My name is Burr. I am 18 years old and I am a first year student studying a Bachelor of Music majoring in Classical Performance at the Melbourne Conservatorium of Music. Welcome to this series of interviews, which I have titled A Feminine Conversation, a space where I speak with women from many diverse backgrounds, learn about their experiences in life and how those experiences have shaped them and the influence of diversity on their lives today. Before I begin, I'd like to acknowledge that I am on Jaja Ruang country and I pay my respects to elders past, present and emerging and also acknowledge their deep, rich culture and connection to storytelling. I hope that you enjoy this series of interviews with the incredible women. I have a wonderful lineup. I'm very excited to share them and share their stories with you all. And I hope that you enjoy. Hi, everyone. This is the first episode. Today's guest, we have Elise. Very Hello. exciting. We met through high school. Uh, she was in the year above me. And uh, she's oh, yeah. one of the most chaotic people I know. Um, but one of the bravest as well, <laughs> the pleasure of knowing. Um, we also happen to be the same star sign. So uh, naturally, we share tons of similar qualities. You mean could go horribly. <laughs> For those who don't know you, introduce yourself to everybody. Give yourself, give us some background. Questions. Yes. <laughs> so hi, I'm Elise. I am a uh, assistance dog user. I still use it. Not yeah. software, but you know what I mean. I have an assistance dog. I'm currently on my second. I have Joe, who's, I mean, you won't be able to see this if you're listening, but Emma can sort of kind of see him in the background yes. <laughs> chewing on my bed. Um, Joe's a German Shepherd. He's just turned six um, and he is a PTSD service dog. But his predecessor was Luna, who Amber is familiar with. I am, <laughs> yes. Um, and she was a Cavalry King Charles Spaniel, and she retired halfway through last year, no, a bit earlier, halfway through oh. last year. Yeah, so that's, that's me. I, apart from, like, assistance dog mental health stuff, I'm a big, big plant nerd. Uh, I think yes. I'm, I study neuroscience at uni. I think brains are pretty cool, mainly because I don't understand mine and what, what's learning if you're not unlearning about yourself. So. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so, um, yeah, that's, that's about me. Amazing. So tell me how, how you began your journey um, with assistance dogs. Yeah, okay, so um, I, so I was in, I think it must have been, so it, it, kind of, it started about three years ago, I think now. Um, which is quite unusual because usually I would still wear my first assistance dog, but I yeah I trained Luna myself, so Luna was an owner trained assistance dog, whereas Joe's a program dog. But I was in Coles in at one point, and I um uh just so there was this lady, and she was just walking around. She had a little a little dog with a little um, yellow and blue vest on. I was like, oh my god, what's that? And I was really asked whatever, and polite went up, and I just said, oh you know what what do you what's the deal and she's like oh she just really nicely explained to me um yeah. that yeah this was her assistance dog and because I originally just thought it might have been an emotional support dog and I said, that's mm. unusual you don't mm -hmm. see them out yeah um and she said oh no no he's, he's an assistance dog I was like I've never I think it was like a shih tzu cross I was like oh my god I've never seen oh. a shih tzu. 
as an assistant dog before, that's so, I, I wasn't, you know, I just thought I'd never seen it. I've only yeah. ever seen labs before. I haven't even, I haven't even yeah. seen quite, I knew German Shepherds were, because German Shepherds were originally the first guide dogs before mm-hmm. they got onto labs. So they were, um, uh, yeah, they were just, they were the first official assistance dogs, really. Yeah, um, yeah. Once, but then we eventually changed it to Labrador just because it was uh, easier to guarantee temperament and stuff like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so she just effectively told me about it. And um, she, but the, the organisation she was through, they specifically focused on psychiatric service dogs, which is another section I'd never heard of. I'd only ever really heard of, um, you know, like autism, mm-hmm. service dogs, um, mm-hmm. diabetes, seizure alert, stuff like that, mobility assistance dogs. But I hadn't really heard much about psychiatric assistance dogs. Mm. Um, and as someone at the time, I was I had just come out of five months of intense, intense, um, like a really intense mental health episode, and I was um, I'd just been diagnosed with PTSD, yeah. which for those who don't know is post traumatic stress disorder, um, and that was something that I was really struggling with, but obviously internally, but it also affected like how I got to school and stuff like that. Mm. I couldn't couldn't concentrate at school, like I was just associating, I wasn't present, mm. um, and so I kind of need something to like help ground me in a way yeah um, yeah. something that wasn't human based because sometimes when I feel like especially when you're really struggling with trauma and stuff like that when you're Mm. relying on you you automatically have like trust issues sometimes yeah yeah you know you don't want to like burden another human with like whatever's going on it's not exactly perfect logic but it's PTSD logic (laughs) yeah yeah um so I you know she's talking about the details for this organization I was like oh my god cool um, and then I, but somehow I, I had a Luna. I already had. I had as a pet dog, and um, mm. I didn't think she would, but she managed to pass through all the temperament tests to be interested in Which now I look back, I'm not surprised. Uh-huh. Um, and she, yeah. So she, we began our training journey. So we had our one year of training in training before we set yeah. our public access test. Mm-hmm. Um, and in that process, like that, really opened the gateway to me for how much of a difference these dogs can make. Yeah, just yeah. I went from I like she so for example like she was trained to alert to like certain behaviors that I'd start to exhibit so if I like one of my things I mean we all have them you know like little tells that we're getting a bit anxious or whatever or um you know so people and sometimes some people bounce their legs some people like get really itchy and stuff like that as like an anxiety response hmm. um and for me like I would get itchy and stuff and I would get um like my leg would bounce and Luna was trained to that's all like kind of subconscious stuff she'd be trained to like alert me to that so yeah kind of had like a scaffolded response like if I just the first time like she'd just boot me on the on the leg yeah. second time she'd like swap me without a thing and then if I still wasn't listening to her she'd bark at me yeah um, and that like seems quite simple but actually when you're thinking from a dog training perspective you're teaching a dog um effectively what it means when a human's not responding to like what the, it's yeah it's quite complicated so um, yeah took, yeah took, she's got other she had other tasks as well like deep pressure therapy which is effectively where the dogs um that's more of a recovery task rather than a um mm. than alert task so it's kind of split into different like we call them their tasks that's how that's mm. what the service dog refers to um like they're, they're what they do yeah um, and you have alert tasks guide tasks oh my god like recovery tasks and there's a couple mm. of other sections um, and I've got, um, for Joe and Luna, I had ones speckled all between those subcategories. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so Luna and I did lots of that stuff. Yeah. So like I was mentioning before, deep pressure therapy, they lie across, you have two 
my big trigger points on your thigh area mm. or um and they just lie across there and it just provides like a weighted blanket if you yeah you, do you have a weighted blanket yeah or, yeah have you ever been under one you know some people really enjoy that and it's quite grounding mm. um and Luna was 10 kilos um which is plus my weighted blanket so it was enough yeah. for me um I don't know if I could have done any lighter but yeah that was just that it helped me when I did get um you know very hypervigilant and stuff like that and had a bit of a PTSD episode that I could come down from that much faster or even possibly prevent it mm. by Luna's tasks so it just gave me a bit more of a quality of life back mm. um the only thing I think they had with Luna was that because Luna was such a cute looking dog she was cavalier king and child spaniel she yeah, tended she's to gorgeous. she's and she's so she just loves everyone she's a bit yeah. crazy for us uh, she's um she's she's a bit of a slug <laughs> bless her um but she um yeah but because she's just so cute looking and she's not what well, i say conventional assistant yeah like a lead. typical I looking say, i say yeah. that in air quotes because i yeah. believe that we should be moving away from that and i think we are very slowly yeah uh, it's just a lot of education and stuff like that because mm. realistically it's not about the breed of dog Yes, there are certain breeds that yield more of a higher, like you've got a higher chance of that dog just based on temperament and stuff. Yeah, but yeah. There are, like for me personally, I wouldn't think that a Kelpie or a um, like a, a high prey dog animal would be a good assistance yeah. dog. But I have friends that have Border Collies and Kelpies that are perfect. It's just like you have a lower chance in some breeds, but it doesn't yeah. mean that they're not there. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I'm totally. But um, yeah, so like Luna, she was absolutely fantastic. I'd say she was an absolutely fantastic like gateway into the assistance mm. dog world for me. Like I really yeah. got to learn, especially because I was training on myself. Like I got to really learn a lot about like how humans, um, how the dogs respond with humans and like how mm. their responses based off that. Yeah. Which really set well up for Joe because Joe's quite mm-hmm. a sensitive dog. Um, and so sometimes when he has reactions that I perhaps wouldn't necessarily want, like something like what, um just I don't know like he's he's not necessarily picking up on something or he's being uh sometimes he'll he'll put himself in front of someone yeah sometimes I have to be careful because sometimes it, we call it traveling down the lead it's uh similar to horses how they pick up on your changing emotional state some dogs are more prone to it than others so they can kind of not internalize it but they go oh you're feeling a bit nervous instead of like being super grounded I'm actually going to go and do something about it which is not necessarily a bad thing but there's a time and a place for it yeah yeah um which is a big benefit of Joe but it's also something that I have to learn about about it's a good it's another positive thing of having an assistance dog is learning to keep your own um keeping helping learn to keep yourself stable in order to bring out the best in the dog so the dog can bring out the best in you it's like a whole it's all very detailed yeah it's I think I think a lot of people when they think of assistance dogs and um, they tend to think of it on a quite one face, like mm. quite one dimensionally, in the sense mm. of oh, what does the dog do for you in terms of tasks? But it's like there's so much I, I like truly can't actually. We'd be here for hours talking about like the ways that assistance dogs help people and yeah. especially have helped me because it's everything from like making sure like you've got a routine. So, like, okay, I have to be up by certain times, like make sure he's fed. I just use Joe in this example because he's my current yeah. dog. Um, you know fed walked like it, it like just that simple act of providing a routine for someone that has mental health struggles or any kind of any regardless of what kind of dog it is it helps to build that um that's just one aspect that people don't necessarily think about 
and just mm. that self-awareness has to come around from distance dogs and stuff but yeah um so sorry I diverted there no no this is good yeah it's great <laughs> yeah, learning so, a lot already Luna um and then Luna um retired she had an accident in the start of 2020 mm. with an escalator it was not, unfortunate oh. uh it was not um it was, it was entirely my fault um oh. and, happily but um not happily admit that um that was a massive learning curve for me but yeah. um she was absolutely physically fine but completely I feel like completely fair enough she um she was a little bit more wary of what was going on around her since then um yeah. and for a distance dog you kind of need their focus to be inwards on you rather than anticipating everything that's coming around on the outside so she's a little bit yeah. more anxious which is completely fair enough Mm. Um, and she really wasn't, she wasn't enjoying work as much. She was, like I said, she was completely physically fine, but there was mm. just changed a bit. So we started, and also she was reading, she was reaching the age where we started to need to look for, she was middle-aged, mm. um, that start looking for other options. And then, because we'd switched in this process, we'd switched organisations to another one based in Bendigo. Okay. Right, right. Um, and it was a much, so it was much more hands-on because it would, the first organization which was based in Sydney so I barely had any contact if I don't know have yeah it was just a lot more personal than one that we're with currently but Mm -hmm. this organization uh does a process called co-training so you kind of have any when you're training assistance dogs you have uh, owner training which is where the owner trains a dog single-handedly and sometimes you have the help of a trainer but it's it's very much you doing the work yeah yeah. co-training which is where it's a, it's a joint, the organisation and the human, and then mm-hmm. you have what we have, program dogs, um, So, um, which is what Joe is, where the organisation trains the dog and then you get given the dog. Um, and so I, yes, that was middle of last year we decided to do that and I was matched with Joe. We've, we just phased out Luna in her work and then brought him in. Um, mm-hmm. But... I was very keen on having, I know it sounds like I, I really struggled with Luna with the amount of attention she brought to me. Like I'm the, the nature of my PTSD and everyone's different mm. um, is that I kind of just want to get left alone. Like I really don't like people coming up and like behind me and trying to yeah. find my dog. And it's like really people stay out of my space. I just want to be ignored kind of thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, some, it's not, that's not the same because for some people like quite often a lot of war veterans and stuff like that who have PTSD um, they quite they often struggle to make social connections and stuff like yeah. that and they want to engage in that conversation um, which is why often we use Labradors and stuff like that because a Labrador is like everyone knows a story about a Labrador like it brings, yeah. in, a com- it brings in people like how Luna brings yeah. in people yeah but for someone like me who I'm not a veteran um but I suffer PTSD in a domestic sense that um I really don't want that attention um yeah I'm yeah completely capable of making social connections um, <laughs> yeah. when, I, yeah. when I'm safe to, when I feel safe to um but yeah, if of it's going down to the grocery store mm. um yeah so we like yeah so um Joe he's quite he's quite big he's quite a big German Shepherd and he's got a presence about him um and also yeah. his breed helps too so, mm. you know it's a little bit bad sometimes you kind of make the best of people's mis- misjudgments about the breed but um yeah yeah scary dog like the amount of times I get asked is he a guard dog I'm like no I'm looking through the shopping center with a, lo- <laughs> with a loaded gu- with a loaded gun of a dog you know he's just ready yeah. to attack at any moment like, <laughs> no. <laughs> no yeah it's weird about those like stereotypes around breeds of dogs like 
It's so internalized in so many people. I would be lying down, like sprawled out on the floor. Like, I'm like, I always think of what I was getting nails done. It's like, is he a guard dog? And I'm like, if he's a guard dog, he's really fun because he's just letting you do whatever. Like, <laughs> yeah. Just, anyway, yeah, it's just funny people's misconceptions, but I sometimes you kind of have to use that just because, like, we had a situation with Luna where um, mm. I was in Launceston Airport um, traveling back home to Victoria and we were like, we were waiting and our flight was delayed and some of the people that were on our flight there were like 17 women coming back from a golf tournament it was but anyway because of the delay they decided to go get absolutely wasted in the airport bar oh. and of course so i'm like sitting there i'm waiting for my flight and yeah, we just yeah, got yeah. and i just got swarmed by like these 17 drunk women and they were like touching us like trying to pat Luna. Oh. It, was, it was properly it was awful it was oh that's like, horrifying oh. it was actually it was awful that's so were, like, awful drunk. but I kind of had in that moment like this light bulb and I was like no I, like, I can't keep doing this like mm. I just is and I if I could go back and do the situation again and do it with Joe I don't think that would have happened because I feel like yeah, somewhere yeah. In, their, in their drunk minds it might have like triggered that oh my god that's a scary looking dog probably won't pat that you know like yeah come into that space um nothing to do with his temperament just that using that preconception um mm-hmm. to, to my advantage um and that's so yeah but he's yeah it's just it's amazing the difference between the dogs like what each dog gives me like I went to a different I went to Newcastle uh in, in New South Wales November last year yeah um, I traveled on my own like who is here when I flew up with oh. Joe and I flew back and stayed in yeah. a hotel which like I know it sounds like um really like novel to some people but for me for someone who really struggles like feeling safe in personal situations it was yeah like, situations struggles with like a feeling of safety in most mm. things that was a really big deal for me yeah um and I, could have, and I don't think I could have done that with Luna but just because he's just got this like he's he's very alert like you know yeah. just now, like, he's, like, he's, he is always listening to people and mm. it's just kind of taken away this type of vigilance of like actually nothing happens that this dog doesn't know about I would find how you dealt with your mental health during the pandemic with Joe Mm. um how did you kind of navigate that because it's such a like challenging thing I know just for like even people who had like partially sound mental health at the beginning of the pandemic yeah Yeah. and everyone you know struggled throughout yeah exactly and I think too like like, spoiler I didn't do well (laughs) (laughs) yeah public service announcement no, that was mainly 2020. I, I was actually, I found 2021, I don't know if anyone else knows, I actually found it to be worse than 2020. Mm. I feel like the novelty of the pandemic was kind of there in 2020. For, yeah, yeah. And like, I don't know, like, by 2021, we were like, no, this can properly go away by now. Thank you. And um, mm. we've had our fair share. Can you go? Um, yeah. Get rid of us. Please. Um, yeah. Yeah, um, and we could, they, yeah, like, we used lots of stuff up. So like, you know, vaccine mm. rollouts. Because like, no, we just want life back to normal. And so yeah. I think that whilst I think I feel like my mental health was better in 2020 than what it was in 2021, mm. um, just because I felt like last year we didn't have any sight of when it was going to end. Like it just seemed like yeah. it was never going to end whatsoever. Mm. And when I got Joe, I got Joe at the start of that big July lockdown that went through to I think past October. It was July yeah. to October, I think it was. Um, yeah, and I got right. him. I got him the, literally the day before. 
Um, mm. we went, like, we knew we were going in, and yeah. my trainer, like, ran down with him. She's like, take him. We, we should have had a we should have had a five day handover. We had to shorten it into one day just because we oh, knew wow. the lockdown was coming. Yeah, so that yeah. was, but it actually wasn't too bad. I mean, it had mm. pros and cons. You know, if we talk about, um, you know, how we manage the pandemic um, in a normal situation, when you because the process of becoming a team, an assistance dog team, is a lot of the dog learning how you react in different situations and you know stuff like that and calibrating, and it usually takes about three months. Well, we literally had that three months, but instead of what we would have normally been doing of going out to the shops and stuff like mm. that and different situations, well, the only place, we were going to the shops like for 20 minutes once a week and that's yeah, all course. we had and the rest of it was in, like, lots of dogs from their, their dogs kind of went to the I got you. pandemic and assistance dogs, a lot of the time, were no different because especially assistance dogs who are so used to that, in, like, that external stimulation, like, they have such a high work drive, they're kind of sitting mm. like normal pet dogs. Yeah. Um, so we had, I kind of had, especially because I didn't really know him. I didn't, I barely knew him. I had to get to know him when he wasn't necessarily at his best. And I feel like it was kind of mm. a blessing in disguise. Yeah. Because um, now, now that like we, we are doing stuff and we're so busy and we're, you know, moving out and there's mm. you know, uni and oh my God. Yeah, uh, of course. <laughs> he's never been busier. But um, it kind of allowed um, us to really bond over um, lots of stupid stuff, like 20 minutes. You know, like, how long can we prolong a 20-minute shopping session? Like, how much me, oh, I don't even need a toothbrush. Let me, like, get you to hold this, you know, because that's one of his tasks that he can hold something. And I'm like, well, I have to turn this into a training exercise, you know, hold this or something. Like, it, it, like it was just or like a, I'd like a piff of, I'd, like, pretend to drop, you know, like, pocky sticks, like a packet of pocky sticks on the ground and be like, yeah. can you pick that up for me? And he'd, like, go <laughs> and pick it up. I'm like, I have to, like, cram as much as I can into 20 minutes. Yeah, but yeah. it kind of, it made it so that way that when we came out of lockdown, mm. I was really excited to, and we were both, like, rearing and ready to go. Like, yeah, yeah. We've got, we got training and work to do. Um, yeah, of course. Which was which was good. Um, but, yeah, I, like, he, but usually, you know, how I was talking about that three-month process of getting to know each other, it's had to kind yeah. of turn to six, six months because um, that throat, kind of like three months of lockdown counted but when we're trying to like familiar ourselves around familiarize ourselves with like you know our local area and stuff like mm, that yeah, we kind yeah, of had, yeah that has been another three months so we've kind of just come to the end of that so we're still a new team um in things and we will be for the next another six months but um yeah we're still getting to know each other but it's um it's it's we're quite we're quite we're quite the uh quite two peas in a pod Oh. You know, I don't, we, we yin and yang, actually. Luna and I were two peas in the pod. Yeah, um, Joe, <laughs> I would say actually, that too. No, like, seriously, she would, yeah, she, we, we, you know, if I, it was good and bad because, like, if I was having a really bad, like, depressive day or something like that and I, like, wouldn't get out of bed till 12, 1, 2, um, Luna would be more than happy to, like, lie there with me. She, she wouldn't even go to the yeah. toilet. She'd just be like, no, I would just hold it and I would like to be with you. Whereas Aww. Joe, which is like, which is really sweet and really nice, but yeah. actually, when you come from, and I love that, but if you're trying to like help yourself get out of a depressive stoop, yeah, that's not necessarily what's like the best. Whereas yeah, yeah. Joe, like at nine o'clock, he's like smacking me on the head with his paw, like let's go get out, go to our bathroom, go on this world waits for no one. Like he's like, yeah, and he's just so he actually like challenges me in lots of different ways. Mm. Like whereas Luna, um, yeah, and so I that's been a that's been a um a really nice aspect that I didn't quite expect and I kind of like I describe his personality as like a middle-aged white man with five kids and a mortgage Joe 
that's how I that's how I describe him. Um, which oh is God. not typically who I who I'd gra- gra- like gravitate gravitate towards. towards yeah. <laughs> um, but like he's my best friend. There's no yeah. doubt about it. Um, yeah, and he's just he just really couldn't be bothered with anyone. But I'm I'm his world, and it's um yeah. yeah. If I, if everyone else fell off the edge of the planet, he wouldn't really care. But, um, <laughs> he's but so wrong with him. There and for that's, you. that's a nice feeling. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Yeah, um, yeah. It, it keeps you going sometimes. I wasn't great last year, but um, mm. and especially too, I think you know how you're talking about how lots of people um, who previously, before the pandemic, didn't struggle with mental health or had limited mm. struggles with mental health, really struggled. Yeah. Um, I think that one of the big issues I had was in March. I knew I knew I needed to see a different psychiatrist. Yeah. Um, but um, which was about the time that all that Britney Higgins and stuff, that Britney Higgins yeah. stuff was coming up, was oh. March April. So I think yeah, a lot of people yeah. were actually quite triggering. Mm. Well, it certainly was for me. I didn't realise it at the time, but now I look back, I'm like, yeah, that's, yeah. that's why. Um, yeah. And then we had that. So I knew by April that I needed to see someone. Um, yeah. And so I got a referral for a psychiatrist, and it wasn't until late October, early November that I got oh. to see the psychiatrist because everyone, like the, the strain on the mental health system at the moment because everyone needs help. Mm. Um but that, in turn, like, absolutely, I think everyone should get it. No yeah. doubt about it. Like, we all need it. Um, mm. It's just about um, if, if, I could, if I was looking at that from a perspective, like, in that last three months, I was so bad. Like, there should have been a, a triage system that worked well. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's, yeah, it just yeah, yeah. That, But not that anyone could have predicted it or anything like that, you know, with the pandemic. But, yeah, everyone was just so strained with mental health resources and stuff like mm. that. But I think it really opened eyes up to how many people were struggling when previously, yeah. like, you know, the, like if I even last year, I think, the start of last year when mm-hmm. the pandemic just hit, that we had our first lockdown, people were nearly, nearly as, um, nearly as in need of mental health assistance mm-hmm. as what they are now. I think it, I, I don't think it's necessarily all a bad thing. I think we all have to be a lot more kinder to ourselves yeah. and to each other because of it, because mm-hmm. of the pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. Talk about compassionate parents. I think that's what hopefully that's what a lot of us get out of yeah. the pandemic. Is yeah. um I don't I haven't seen it all as bad. Like we've got to put our compassionate parents on sometimes. Yeah, yeah. And I think because you know, for us both we've had losses of lives in our communities, which like rocked so many people. Um Absolutely. and I was talking actually with a friend about this, like a couple of days after we lost a friend and I hadn't actually like talked to him since we were 12 we did like a dance yeah. thing together um like I found an old video I said oh my goodness like you know we, you know we did this together so long ago so I sent him this video I said you know I I hope that you're doing okay um we actually we like we went to the same school as well and I'd like yeah. seen him around and stuff um mm-hmm. And we were talking and I said, it's really sad that something like that, um, love the wall, by the way, something like that, um, like makes us realize how important community is. Like, you know, yeah. And it's so like sad that it had to get to that point for so many people to realize the importance of community. Um, yeah. You know, I grew so so much closer to a lot of other people that I kind of kind of were acquaintances 
at school. Yeah. Um, but you know, we, you know, we went to get flowers and, you know, yeah. kind of talk and support each other. Um, yeah. and you know, a lot of us found out in an awful way, like at school, um, they were just like, they just all had to read out this like standard notice. And I found it in a math class and I had a substitute teacher and he read it in like such an insensitive manner. And I like sat there. I was like this, I was like completely in shock. Cause what do you, what does your body do? Like when you hear yeah. something like that, you just like, like there's nothing there. You're just like, yeah. what? And then he just like yeah. continued to make like jokes about um, horse betting because yeah, we were doing probability and methods. And I was like, that is the most insensitive thing that I've ever seen anybody do. I think, like, and I think too, like, I think it's, I, I think that, I think that that person who lost their life that we both knew, um, I think for a lot of us, it was, uh, I, when we were looking, I remember looking, I don't know, do, uh, do you attend, I don't know, did you attend my funeral? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I remember I was sitting there and when I first looked it was online, I remember seeing how many people were there. And I yeah. actually, it was, I think it was like 1,400 people. So many and people. And I actually had this moment of, I had this moment of like brief gratitude. As much as um, the pandemic, uh, I don't think helped that person in, you know, in later, in the later times of their life. I think that there is no way if this situation, you know, had the funeral happened in a non-pandemic setting, that there would have been 1,400 people that have, could have come together at the same time to celebrate someone's life. Yeah. So I had this very brief moment of actually we have another way to connect in this sense. And yeah. I think everyone would have, could have done it in, pro, in person, but there is no way we could have fitted. There were people thousand people joined in. Do you know what I mean? And we've just never yeah. had that before. We've never had, I feel like the part of the, especially people with disability as well, like this whole, mm. you know, online, like telehealth, like this, this we've had to adapt. But yeah, we've also yeah. now been able to include people, in, people that cannot attend things physically, mm. um, whether it be because of a pandemic or a disability or something like that. And I think yeah. we've kind of opened this door. And I just yeah. remember having this moment of sitting there, you know, before this funeral started being like, mm. like you know, just filled with um, happiness there was 1,400 people here celebrating this person's life. That yeah. we were all, like, at, we were all in the same situation. There were 1,400 people really sad, but also yeah. here to celebrate someone's life and we we're all sitting yeah. on our computers. Do you know what I mean? Like, it was yeah. just like this weird That's such a good way to look at it. Yeah. And it, but for such a horrible thing, but we yeah. all managed to somehow indirectly connect. Yeah. That's yeah. such a good way to look at it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's no way we would have fit that many people in no, one space like, at all. Internationally, and like you know, had this been in a non-pandemic setting, they might have just yeah. you know, sent a couple of texts after the funeral, not mm. actually been a part of it. Do you know what I mean? It's kind yeah. Of, I, I don't know. I, yeah, but I just think that um, as much as it, the pandemic's taken away from us and what's taken mm. mental health, I also think that it's. Um, it's potentially, and not the case for everyone, but I think it's mm. well, it's definitely given everyone a lot of different perspective. Yeah, but of course. for people such as myself who already had a disability, mm. um, I'm also on the autism spectrum, so I, yeah. um, or I already had that and issues with um, being able to attend things physically. Mm. But I had plenty of friends that had, you know, um, immune compromise, uh, you know, autoimmune diseases and stuff mm. like that, um, lupus, whatnot, um, who 
cannot afford to just catch the common flu pre-pandemic because it will put them in a coma. And so when you have GPs on the phone saying, well, there's no way we can possibly, or doctor specialists on the phone, well, you have to come in. There's no way we could possibly, could possibly cater to having you not come in. Yeah. And then all, and then it takes a global pandemic. Everyone will be like, actually, sorry, you'll have to adapt. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And they, can't really, they can't really use that excuse now for those people. Yeah. And I think that's, that's what I think it's been given. Yeah. yeah. That's one of the many things. Yeah. I try to, I try to focus on positives. But yeah, I of course. Really, I think it's also really important to um, uh, give space for the negatives. Of course. Yeah. It's so important. And, um, you know, as much as, as much as it forced isolation, it also yeah. like forced connection as well. Yeah. Like, I remember, I remember in 2020, mm. when I was doing year 12, me and a couple of my mates, we were doing weekly Uno sessions on, yeah. on like Google Meet. And yeah. I remember like, we were all ridiculously, like there was, a, there was accusations of cheating. There was like, there was, <laughs> there was like nearly wars started over it. There was, I, I falling off my bed and on my head once with the computer it was like but it's still stuff we talk about now yeah and like we wouldn't have done that pre like there was people inviting their friends into the chat that we didn't know like we were, yeah. we were still making social connections like it was it was the most absurd thing and I look back at it now and even I feel like we, I should have done more of that in 2021 yeah but I look at that and I was like that was actually something that I don't think will happen hopefully won't happen again in yeah. terms of like being another pandemic yeah isolated yeah. but that isolation yeah. like we forced ourselves to have different avenues of connection yeah absolutely yeah that was like my um French class you know there were only six of us and um yeah. I always got made fun of wearing hats to class so then uh <laughs> one day my French teacher turned up in the Google Meet with a bike helmet on her head and she was like okay so everyone uh it's silly hat day and we'd stay on meet until like five o'clock and school finished yeah. at 3.30. It was, it's insane times. Like I say it was, it still is. Insane it's still, yeah, it still is. Yeah, it still is. It's still nuts. Like what are we, what's even going on? But it's like forced me to make connections with people that I normally would never have talked to ever in my life. Exactly. Which is so weird. Like it's so weird. I mean. hard for a lot of us like how important social connection is. Like if yeah. we didn't realise it before. Like me, I just be having to take Same. it for granted. Like, oh, I'll see them, you know, the next day when I'm at school. Like, exactly. I haven't seen anyone for four weeks. Literally. <laughs> yeah. Force yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, I was sitting next to this guy in English class and he was so annoying and he just talked my ear off all the time. And I was like, okay, we really have to like concentrate on our work because, you know, English is my favorite subject for some reason. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, that tragic event happened where we lost our friend and we actually got like really close um because I you know we'd tell stories like he used to play um like xbox with this person when they were 12 and um his dad read out all the um beautiful memories that people wrote um and I was like oh wow I had no idea that you know him and this person were so close um you know and I'd tell him how I'd see this person drinking out of a massive bowl of tea. Do you remember at high school? Yeah, you know, everyone yes. used to do that. Oh my God, yes. Yeah, the bowl of tea. And yeah. um, I, I, once, I, once saw him eat, uh, I once saw him eat a big thing. He got like a, I don't know, we used to get like these feta, these feta cheese 
yes like cafe but i remember once yeah. you fill it up with cornflakes and fill it up with milk and then eat yes you'd walk out the cafe eating like eating food, yeah and like, then you get yelled at a bucket of, of, of cornflakes and like you just let the man eat he got yeah. yelled at all the time for that. <laughs> yes the big things of tea and you know just sharing like silly stories like that i think my favorite one though i have to i have to share this it's so funny um so we went on the big trip um for those who don't know elise and i's high school does this incredible thing in year nine where you go on a six-week trip um overseas domestic now but you know for both of us we were overseas um for our trips yeah um and this person uh was in the uh first group and i was in second so i think we left each group left two weeks apart or something similar to that um yeah yeah and um we actually were staying this was in spain i think and our groups were really close together like our our houses that we were staying at i think they were like neighboring towns so we had to drive past theirs to get to ours and you know we're driving we're driving my friend um she's in the passenger seat directing Mm -hmm. you know one of our teachers um to go to you know our house that we're staying at and the phone like a text pops up on um the teacher's phone sorry just use names just use names and honk it out oh good um yeah and and good driving for me i went in the um I went in the uh, calm car. We had the Duff bus and then we had the um, the chill bus. So I was always in the yeah. chill bus. The Duff bus, you... self-explanatory who drove the Duff bus, right? Self-explanatory who was also in the Duff bus. Um, <laughs> not me. So we were driving. So we were driving first because um, uh, the Duff bus popped their tire. Typical. Yeah. Um, no surprises there, am I right? And it's a text on his phone. Yeah. And it's from, because he was the leader of the first group. And uh, yeah. legendary. Legendary. Um, absolutely legendary. Gets a text like, how far away are you guys? And then starts to like put the pieces of the puzzle together. And she, she kind of turns around, she looks at me and she goes, what's, and then she's like, give me this look. And I'm like, oh, what are you trying to say? Like, I don't know what you're trying to say to me. You're making me really nervous. And then we like, stop on the side of this road and um we get out and we're like what what is happening and then he was like oh you know it's just you know it's like a break to stretch our legs you know and we were like we were like 15 minutes away from our house that we were staying at and you know we get out of the car and then we open this gate to this house I'm like what are we doing are we like breaking into somebody's Break. house literally we were breaking in and like everybody duck behind this pool and I was like what is what is this rest break like what is happening to me right now so we're all ducking behind this pool and I look at the washing like the clothes hanging line I see um this person's um shorts like the flower shorts that they always used to wear and then their hat and their hat and I was like oh my god like we're at our friends like we're gonna see our friends like what is happening and then there's this like and so we're all like behind this pool we're like shoulder to shoulder like this and I'm like okay well I I I know what's gonna happen but when are we gonna do it and then I just hear this person going oh my god the old people are coming to get us and then 
And then, because, um, you know, we weren't, we weren't being incredibly subtle, you know, we were making more. Oh, yeah. You were like, and, you know, still like, oh, house. stop it. Like, you know, give me my space or whatever. And then yeah. you just hear this person's like, bellow. You know, they were very, <laughs> you know, they demanded attention. They were like, oh my God, the old people have come to get us. And, so, and they're like, jump up. And then we were like, oh my God. And then, you know, we all saw each other like for the first time in like, yeah. a month. Mm. Um, and it was like, it was like just this uproar of noise. Mm. <laughs> it was like, ah! it was like screaming, crying, lots of screaming, Elation. lots of crying, confusion, lots of confusion, <laughs> elation, um, terrified. <laughs> and then um, this person, you know, he hugs me and he goes, I genuinely thought we were going to die. <laughs> I was like, what? And he goes, oh, it's just because next door there are these weird Spanish old people that like do weird chanting at like 1am in the morning yeah and they were like we thought they were coming to kill us and then we were like well surprise and then we all just ate like lunch and hung out and then we drove off to you know wherever we were supposed to go next I can't remember some farmhouse but it was like I haven't seen those people in such a long time but then it's like you know, a story of like mm. one that you tell around the campfire, like joy and yeah. elation and like some good good memories of like people that aren't here anymore or like have I haven't seen in a long time. You know. Yeah. Like I found that during the pandemic, you know, it brought out a lot of people's creative sides as well. Um because yeah, you know, we had so much time on our hands. As hard as it really was, not. you know, had some beautiful, beautiful things intertwined within it. I want to know yeah. the off the top of your head yeah. what is like the funniest story that you have of Luna and or Joey because dogs are funny like that and they have weird mannerisms or things that they do or interactions with people that have mm. made you laugh oh I don't know I feel I don't know if it's necessarily like the funniest I just think that like or the weirdest like, no, but I, like they are fun, like, they're funny, but for me, like, they're one of my, I like, proudest moments. Like, oh. I just want my mum. Yeah. I just want my yeah. mum with, like, my kids. You're such a dog mum. <laughs> I, I hate that. Like, but I so am, though. I remember, yeah. like, I remember, um, we had, the first loss we had, um, I think it was 2020. Um, we had mm. someone that had I remember, I think it was halfway through 2020, and this is when I had Luna at school still. And I yeah, remember yeah. high school, um, and I remember we had, it happened over the weekend, and we'd gotten news of it on Sunday, and then we came yeah. back on the Monday at school. And I remember yeah. we all were standing out in, like, this grass area, like, on the basketball court, and we were all talking about oh, yeah. this. And mm. I remember looking at everyone, and everyone was so upset and so sad, and Luna kind of looked up at me, and I don't know, like, it's kind of like juju ruju shit. Shit, it's not. She kind of just—I just kind of just described her. She was like, "Just let me do my thing." And I was like, "What are you like? What are you gonna do?" And I was like, "Wait!" And then like there were people, and I just because when she's when the service dogs have their vests on, like no one else is allowed to pass them, Mm. and that's you know that's because typically she's focused. You know they have to be focused on the person. Yeah, yeah. And I just went for today. Luna is just going to um like be the school's assistance dog. Yeah, she's and gonna so, be everyone's uh, dog. She was everyone's dog, and so I think yeah. she had her vest off. I, I asked our um, principal, 
and mm. I um, went and she had her vest off. I think it was for the next three or four days. Um, mm. It ended up being. Um, and she would like go into classrooms and she would um, like, I remember there's, there's video somewhere of me being in my our philosophy class and um, yeah, our year 12 philosophy class. And then there's Luna like literally getting passed around like a baby. Once people had had enough hats, I'd like move on to the next person and yeah. the next person. And I remember like teachers were like, and I just remember like, I just remember as a, what's well, not funny, I get, I'll always remember that because she managed to provide like because I like we got to spread the love do you know what I mean like we yeah um, she she helped me so much but she also then in that situation she really got to help other people and especially yeah. there were lots of kids in the younger year levels who still didn't quite know how to comprehend and they didn't know this person had a past because they'd left school and stuff yeah yeah and there was a lot of wits there was a lot of um this person had was quite close with a lot of the teachers yeah, um, yeah. So the, the teachers are quite weird, but Luna just kind of mm. went in and she was just like, let me do my thing, let me do my, let me soak up everyone's. <laughs> and I, Energy, I remember yeah. that with a lot of fondness, but also I yeah. distinctly remember a funny memory of Luna is her deadly as farts. As in class, like horrendous, like a clear That's room. So funny. <laughs> but also like times where like she would just like roll in wombat poop that she found, like it was just oh, disgusting. Memories. I have memories of me and um and a couple of my other friends, you know, there and we were like holding her, like hosing her down with the goddamn, hosing her with like the garden hose because this thing stunk. She'd somehow like rolled oh, in back through, and it was like a whole thing. She, her nickname is Festy Vesty. <laughs> she wears a vest. We went to the. We, it was this lovely Alta Red guy once who we wrote. My sister was like absolutely or something, and he was the funniest dude I've ever met in my life. I, I'd known this guy for twenty minutes. And he's yeah. up the top of like, this cliff, and then he goes, I know her name, it's Festy Vesty. I see just seeing like rolling horse poo, and I was like, oh my god, that's disgusting. And I was like, you're so right, and it's stuck ever since. Fitting, fitting. So, Festy, and that's why like, all of my friends know her as Festy Vesty. I love that. She's, She's truly so disgusting. She's so pretty to look at. She's but, so pretty. But, um, her big she eyes. She's actually disgusting. <laughs> she's a revolting dog. She's got but that yeah, so aura. She does. Then I have like same thing with Joe. Like I remember, mm. Joe's got a real Joe. Like Luna loves everyone. Yeah, loves me. But Joe, like very specifically, like like so. If you're all off the planet, he wouldn't really care. But like, so he's quite focused on me. But he's got this mm. real thing. Like he just he's a very sensitive dog. Mm. And we, I was working for a company last year that um did lots of stuff with special needs children. Mm-hmm. And I've never felt more like a proud mum in my life with this dog who had his vest on still. Like, he knew he shouldn't have been doing it. There was a child that was absolutely yeah. melting down. Like, he yeah. could not cope. He went over and, like, put his head on this kid's lap and, Aww. like, he did one of the tasks. And he was doing it to another person. And I said, this yeah. kid, like, completely changed. So they were like, what? Like, this is so cool. Yeah. And we sometimes we still do, like, we go out and we do, we visit, like, um, we do some outside of systems dog work. We, like, try mm-hmm. to give back. So we do some, like, um, you know, like we were out Christmas Day and there was a child. I don't know, she, I think she had some kind of, um, I think we were crown. She had some kind of, um, what's the muscle? Uh, she had some kind of dystrophy. So she was oh, very, yes. very, very thin. And, um, yeah, yeah. Kind of just ate, like she, she, I think she was a model, so had like an intellectual disability or something like that because she mm-hmm. saw, she saw Joe across in the middle of like Crown Casino and she like yeah. screamed. But well, I thought she'd scare herself, but she wasn't because it sounded like she was scared. And she's like yeah. making grubby hands. I don't know, she must have been 10, yeah. 10 or 12. 
and Joe, she's in a wheelchair, and Joe, like, he would not, he would not leave this girl. She was, like, she was, like, ears, and I just, bless this dog, like, he's just, he's such, and I, but again, he's also a big, like, oh, he's not a big farter, but he, like, he's pretty dumb, like, he's got this thing where, like, you'd be sitting there, and you'd be patting him, and you, like, rub his ear, and, like, I can't, it's it's really hard to describe, you know how dogs be down with dogs? Yeah. He's on his face, and his bum's still in the air as he rub his head. It's really obtuse. It's like, dude, what are you doing? Caution type of thing. Yeah. <laughs> so weird. Yeah. Oh, so they're all they're such gross. a doll. Because shepherds, are, German shepherds, are originally they originally used for sheep herding. Like I didn't know until I had one. I was like, excuse me, oh. I've only ever seen them in police work and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah. worked out in the war. They had really good guard instincts and something like that. Yeah. Um, so most of them, it's been they've been bred down so much so they don't have a herding instinct. But for some reason, I've got the one crackhead of a German Shepherd that uh, does have a significant herding instinct. I've seen this dog try and like herd statues of sheep. I've seen him try. I've got horses. He herds. He herds my miniature pony, who is just he's just as tall as it. He probably heard this. This pony hates him to death. Like he he will stampede my dog. Like, out of boy, you know, most of them. Oh he's like God. standing, he's like barking, like he's like herding these horses. I'm like, what do you think you are? Like, what are you doing? Channeling his border collie. I'm like, attaboy. Okay. And then you stand there and you observe and you don't know whether to so like bad at laugh. It. He's so bad because he's never learned. So he's just like driving like, him in the wrong direction. I'm like, the natural instinct, but the wrong yeah. instinct. I took Joe to a pride festival the other day. I took Joe yeah. to a pride festival. Like, pride- <laughs> I had him dressed up in like rainbow, like his vest I decked out with like Oh my rainbow. gosh, love. He's this, this terrifying yeah. looking dog and he's like, <laughs> he's just like, love me. He's just like, <laughs> yes, it's the fact that it's the ball for me. Exactly. It's the ball for me. My dog does that too. He would definitely be a straight white male. I think that's his kind of vibe. But he's he would trying be to fit a in. You know, no, he'd be a very, he'd be a very inclusive, like, he'd be, like, the, you know, oh, yeah, such really a good cool ally. Yeah, he'd be, like, the best, like, the best the dads, ally. you know, the soccer dads, like, you yes. know, you'd expect them to be really homophobic, but they're not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Do you, sweetie? That's him. Yeah, and he's, like, giving that energy, support. Yeah, exactly. It's so <laughs> fitting to be a pride. <laughs> <It is. laughs> yeah. Oh, that makes me laugh. Yeah. Thank you so much for chatting. No, thank you very much. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening to my rambly dambly chaotic no. mess. <laughs> my words. chaotic mess as well. You know. Thank you very much. Two women. <laughs> very chaotic. Yeah, it's been so much fun. I've learned a lot. Hopefully people who listen also have learned a lot. Um, yeah, absolutely. You know. And can I do a shameless plug? If you'd like to see more if you'd like to see more of Joe, he has an Instagram account. I'll um, get yeah, but it's assistance dog, assistance dog dog. Joey, here's some more resources about what assistance dogs because we're going to put a bit more effort into that this year. That's on my New Year's resolution. Yeah, yeah, so amazing. Also, yeah. some interesting stuff with uh, assistance dog training that I might be doing. Oh, might be coming this year. 